the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi guys, welcome back to Some Sanity with Morgan Seggers. We're back. I've been gone for a little bit, but it's because COVID's over, baby. Okay, COVID's over, and that means the events are back on. And so I've been saying yes to everything because I missed being on the road. I missed getting to meet everyone, and I missed getting to talk and train the crowds on how to understand what's going on with the rise of the radical left and in terms of how to communicate a little more effectively about pro-freedom values, about history, about economics, all that good stuff. So I can't help myself. I keep saying yes to everything, and it means that I'm no longer in this cozy little studio (laughs) to be filming all the time. I tried once. It was kind of funny. I tried to pack um, podcasting equipment into a suitcase, and let's just say it didn't go over well. Um, I need a better setup, and so that's my current goal to work on that. Um, But speaking of speeches, you guys... Speaking of speeches, I'm going to be in Naples, Florida on September 18th at Patriot Fest. My friend Brendan Leslie in Naples and a bunch of really cool people there because Florida is becoming this hotbed of conservative politics. Um, They have a bunch of events lately and they're having one called Patriot Fest in Naples on September 18th. It's a Saturday. Is it? Yeah, it's a Saturday. And my friends are going to be there. I'm excited. I love getting to speak with friends. I'm going to be speaking. Jack Posobiec is going to be speaking. DC Drano, aka Rogan Hanley, or should I say, should I say Rogan Hanley, aka DC Drano on Instagram, is going to be speaking. And the super sweet Anna Paulina Luna. Um, they will all be there, and I can't wait to join them. So I'm going to put the link to this. I'm going to be promoting it on social media, um, but the link is going to be in the YouTube description and uh, in the link in my bio on my Instagram. If you guys want to register to go to the event, I highly suggest it because this guy, Brand, uh, Brendan, is really, really good at putting events on. Um, so that's that. Uh, speaking of other events, where have I been? I just went to Steamboat Institute's conference in Colorado. It wasn't in Steamboat, which I recently learned is an actual place. Okay. No judging. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it was a place, uh, but I was just in Colorado and we were in Beaver Creek at this beautiful ski resort. It was the coolest thing ever, um, for Steamboat's conference. And they invited me, Isabel Brown and Garrett from the bachelor, bachelorette, on Hannah Brown's season to come talk about our different communication styles and how to be a more effective communicator in the fight for freedom in America. And that was just so fun. Uh, For me, I really love exploring. It's why I say yes to all these speeches lately because I want to get out and about. I love exploring and I got to go on a ton of like walks and hikes while I was there for the event. So thank you Steamboat for having me. And they're a really great great organization out of Colorado. Um, I think what, what I loved, they're their slogan was something like inspiring Americans to greatness or something. And I was like, Oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever freaking heard in my whole life. So I loved that. 
And if you haven't heard about them yet or checked them out, I highly suggest that you do so. So thank you again, Steamboat. Um, Speaking of being gone, though, I kind of missed my little home, okay? So now I'm back in my house, and I, personal news, I'm going on some adventures out west. I'm going on an adventure. We're going to call it that. (laughs) We're going to call it a western adventure. And that means I'm going to be leaving my little home soon, and I'm going to be renting it out. And so I've had to do all these projects to get it ready for renters as I go on my western expansion tour. I told my mom I was Annie Oakley, and then I couldn't remember if it was Western expansion or Westward expansion. And now I can't remember again. Womp womp. I call myself a history nerd, and I'm just a disappointment to my parents at this point. (laughs) Either way, I said I'm going West, mama. Uh, And now I've been doing the house projects. And with everything that's going on, in Afghanistan, in the news, as they're telling us to be even more scared of COVID, you're seeing just devastating news coming out about Afghanistan. And as I'm filming this, I'm finding out the terrible story of the dogs being left over there. Um, So I'm not pleased. Let's just say that. Uh, I'm just as irked as everybody else and I just as heartbroken. I think it was really helpful for me to stay busy over the last two days since I've flown in from Colorado by just working on my home. And I've been repainting a bunch of places. It's just like patching things on the wall, um, painting things that need a little freshening up, uh, fixing cabinets, stuff like that. And as I'm doing all these projects, I feel like it was just so healthy for me to be able to do that and take care of my little space as we were seeing what really happens when, um, tyranny wins over freedom worldwide. So things we take for granted in this country are are pretty embarrassing. We act like we're so oppressed here and we act like we have things just terribly right as in our own lives in America. And and people act like it's just so oppressive to grow up in the United States of America. When in reality, we should all just be so incredibly thankful for what we have on a day-to-day basis. And by that, I mean the luxuries that we're, we're blessed with. Uh, and so I felt very, very thankful as all this terrible news was coming out. Maybe I am tired <laughs> of painting my house and doing all these things and all these little projects, but at the end of the day, I'm just so thankful that I have my own private property, my own home where I am safe and secure, my own ability to protect myself, right? The second amendment, my own ability to work really hard in my job and then earn the money and and save that money and try and grow it into something even more. It's just those very simple and basic concepts in life that we just assume are everyday life. You know what I mean? We assume that that's life, but in reality, it's not life. That is, that is true freedom and goodness. And so many people will never experience that. So, um, it was just very therapeutic as all this terrible stuff's going on in the world. I've, I've just been working on my own little home and, um, I'm really thankful for that. So, that's one little message of positivity. I hope that you guys, if you feel a little stressed out about what's going on now, just look at what you do have around you and focus on that, focus on growing that, focus on um, nurturing it and taking care of it. And I hope that um, gives you some sort of solace, okay? Uh, things are a little crazy out there. Now, speaking of current events, we're going to get on into that. Uh, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Afghanistan situation, the Biden administration, and my my thoughts on it. And So the, I'm going to start doing a little shorter episodes where I can just kind of talk about one thing at a time um, because, man, I could just go on forever, and I need to put a stop to myself. <laughs> uh, so I don't even know where to begin. We have a situation right now. Um, Clearly, I'm 
it's it's pretty obvious for for people to see what's going on in Afghanistan, what the Biden administration has done. If you haven't been made aware of it, I'm sorry. Um, please go look on the internet. Please. Uh, what was really helpful for us, I think, at Steamboat, as we were all there as this is unfolding, uh, we had Secretary Mike Pompeo come and speak at the dinner. And that was a really, really interesting speech to hear as all of this stuff in Afghanistan's unfolding. And so everybody was really anticipating, you know, what's he going to say? How interesting is this going to be? And obviously it reached all of those expectations and went beyond. Um, but he said something very interesting to me and he, I, I just, it really struck me. First of all, he said that a lot of people tell him, you know, I don't do politics I don't do politics. A lot of veterans, especially, I don't do politics. I'm an American. I just want to live my life. And Mike Pompeo says, you may not do politics, but politics does you. And oof, isn't that the truth? All right. So politics really does us. And um, that's putting it lightly. So that's why it's so important. Even if we are people that believe in being left alone, believe in individual freedom, believe in economic freedom, all those things, does that mean we shouldn't do politics? politics because we don't believe in those things or does it mean we should do politics in advocacy of those values and that lifestyle i think you know the answer to that proposition all right to that question let's go guys does it mean we just leave the political field and leave it up to the leftists who love playing politics or does it mean we have to say all right i love this certain lifestyle of freedom and being left alone and focusing on individuals and families and communities over some big overarching government. So I'm not going to play politics. It's unacceptable, you guys. If you want that lifestyle, you have to fight for it and defend it and nurture it. And that's what we've failed to do, I think, as a movement, a freedom movement and an individual uh, freedom and independence move in, movement in general. So I hope you guys do do politics now because I do politics. I don't like politics. I hate consultants. Actually, maybe I'll tell this little story. I have a thing with consultants and that thing is that I don't like them. Um, <laughs> and so I just am, I just don't like most of them. I think they're just, they, every two years, they just make a lot of money on innocent people on this political game. And they tell us this is the most important election of our lifetimes, blah, 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 all this stuff. Okay. I've seen it from an outside level and I've seen them behind closed doors and I'll tell you what, they ain't worth it. And so I'm at Steamboat and this, this guy comes up and he's clearly young. He's like a, a year older than me or something. And he comes up to me and he starts trying to talk to me about uh, somebody that I know who's running for a higher office and a very respectable man. And he's got multiple businesses. He, I mean, he like over a dozen successful businesses. He's got a lot of money, but not in the sense of like, oh, he's so much better than all of us. He's got money. No, he, he started as a humble working man. And then he said, you know, I could turn this into a business and this into a business and then I could expand it. And, and now he has made so much from some, from so little. And it's just so admirable. And he's an amazing family man. And now he's so frustrated that he's running for office. And that's what I love. It's a statesman, if you will. And I really love statesmen. I don't like politicians. And so I really admire this guy. And he's been a very big supporter of young Americans against socialism. He's been a very big supporter of just me in general. And this guy, this boy comes up to me and he's asking if I know him and, you know, 
you know, think about him. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I love him. And he's very great. And I'm so glad he's running. Just very straight up. And he looks at me and he says something like kind of nonchalant of like, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he's good. He's great, but he, he needs a lot of help. And I was like, he needs a lot of help. And, <laughs> and I was like, he needs a lot of help? And I looked at him and I just felt this feeling, you guys, of like, I am sick of this political class. And I said, how old are you? <laughs> and I, I don't care, you guys. I said, how old are you? And he goes, 26. And I said, you're 26, but you would talk about him like that? That he needs a lot of help? And he looked at me all defensive as if like, well, you know, I, I bet you he'd be okay with me saying that. You know, he, he understands that he's not as experienced and, you know, in politics and he needs the help. He's fine with people saying that. And you guys, the, that's part of the problem is we lost this concept of how you speak about one another, how you respect someone, especially an elder in that way. I hate that we've lost that in society. Is this candidate, this businessman now candidate, a statesman, if you will, is he probably fine with being told, like, hey, you probably don't know as much about politics as other people out there? Yeah, yeah, but that's not the problem. My frustration is that these consultant boys talk about successful businessmen that are now getting into the field of politics as if they're like, uh, you know, he's got a lot to learn. And that's how it comes across. And that's that level of disrespect that I don't like. And so when people ask me if I, I am into politics, if I'm into campaigning, I say, oh, gosh, no, because that's that world that I refuse to be in. And you know what? Maybe it was a little awkward for me to be like, how old are you? And actually, like, push back on him. But I think that's more important nowadays where we have people that do. They just don't care about the bigger picture of it. They don't care about the values of it, the morality of it. And I think more people like us, average Americans, that do want to be involved in this process, do want to start doing politics, we need to start pushing back against these jerks. And so I did feel a little righteous in what I said there. And, I'm, you know, maybe I offended him. But I felt righteous in it because... We need to start standing up for ourselves as as average people start entering the political world because that's what's going to happen as people start to get more and more frustrated with, with what's going on. All these people are going to be running for a school board. All these people are going to be running for local offices, state, federal. Guess what's going to happen? The elite political class that makes millions of dollars sometimes off of candidates by helping them fundraise and giving them a platform, getting them their blue check mark, getting them all this money, all these followers – they need to be put in their place. And I don't mean that they deserve to suffer or fail in their businesses or anything like that, but they need to get a little check, okay? I love a good check on the system, a good check on power. And that's what I think we need to do here by protecting the people with good hearts and good intentions that are entering the political field now. We need to have their backs because they're about to be potentially taken advantage of or even just you know swept into that political industry that we have these days, and I don't like that. So that was a little side story. But either way, I'm at Steamboat, and Mike Pompeo is uh, the speaker. And so he starts talking about how we have our threats, right? We have serious threats from communist China. We have serious threats from Afghanistan. We have serious threats from Russia and Putin. And he said, but to be honest, you guys, our, our biggest threat that we will ever face is not from external forces. It's not going to be communist China or Russia or the Middle East, the radicals, the terrorists over there. It is truly the ignorant 
Americans, specifically the young Americans right now, that aren't only just unaware, blissfully ignorant and going about their lives as if nothing could ever happen here because we're America and everything's fine, you know, nothing bad ever happens here and we're so oppressed. But it's way worse, you guys. It's, it's not that they're just blissfully ignorant. Instead, they are actively working against American values and feel like they are truly oppressed here in this country. And so it, it all brought me back to this concept. And um, I've been reading the Federalist Papers. Specifically, the copy that I'm reading has an intro in it that really struck me. And the writer of the intro, his name is Charles Kessler. And just to give you guys some background on the Federalist Papers. So, okay, history lesson. We got to get all into it. I'm sorry. You got to fully understand. So we have the American Revolution. We have it. We try out the Articles of Confederation as our first form of government, and it isn't going very well. Okay, there's a lot of problems. And so 10 years later, in the 1780s, we start proposing the Constitution to get ratified as our new form of government, our new government document. And a few states, especially the state of New York, which was a big player, New York City at the time, um, they didn't want to ratify the U.S. Constitution. And so Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison all got together, and they said, we're going to write 85 essays in favor of ratifying the U.S. Constitution, and we're going to release them one by one by one by one every few days in the biggest papers of New York City and then in other areas of the country that need to hear this because they wanted the American people to read 85 essays breaking down every important aspect of why we should be a union and then of why that constitution specifically was good. And so it addressed every concern that had been brought up about the constitution and about becoming one big union. Every single issue was addressed, and then it broke down like the importance of the Senate, the importance of the judiciary, the importance of separation of powers, every aspect of the government that we now have. And the 84th paper was about the importance of establishing a Bill of Rights and stuff like that. So it's it's truly like a full defense of the system of government we have. And what's cool about this is Charles Kessler, in the introduction of this Federalist Papers book that I'm reading right now, he described it as them defending the document as a, quote, plan worthy of not only momentary applause, but of rational and enduring consent of an enlightened public, end quote. And, oh, that quote really gets me going, you guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, maybe that's a little nerdy of me, but let's just read that one again. He described it as Hamilton, Madison, and Jay defending and supporting the ratification of the U.S. Constitution and then saying it is a document that is worthy not only of momentary applause, so not just like, whoa, we did it, but of rational and enduring consent of an enlightened public. So, what Mike Pompeo was saying, we have this growing ignorance, and not only a growing ignorance, but now a growing hate of the principles of America and of our founding documents, the Constitution, pretty much. They don't like the principles of America, and it's not because they say, 
there's a better way out there. Let's try a monarchy. Let's try colonialism. Let's try tyranny. Let's try blah, blah, blah. Instead, they are just so unaware and unknowledgeable about the basic information that history provides, that economics and philosophy, all of these great things provide, that they are unable in their minds to say, wow, this document is truly exceptional compared to the rest of world history. And I think this, again, this all goes back to an issue of comparative history. So yes, we have problems in America right now, but these people cannot, for the life of them, say, wow, but we have gotten rid of 90% of worldwide poverty in the last 100 years because of capitalism and classical liberalism and pretty much because America led the way in that in the Western world. Wow, we've come so far, but we have we have some problems to fix still. No, instead they say, oh, there's poverty in America? Time to try communism. <laughs> it's like, it, it does not make sense. And so this all leads to that thing that Kessler was saying of, we right now are not an enlightened public, okay? We lack basic information on so much because our classroom failed, our students, and not only that, but as families, we relied on the government to teach our children about American history and world history, and we thought that the school would just do it, the government school would handle it properly. Well, they didn't, you guys. We should, as families, be ingraining this into the minds of our children, not in a forceful way, but instead raising them with an appreciation of what these values are. And we haven't for multiple generations, and that's why we're in this situation. So we are not an enlightened public right now, which means that we cannot rationally and in an enduring, an enduring way consent to the principles of the American Constitution. That's what's happening right now. Our, we have a, a, pub, a public that is not enlightened. They are not aware. They are ignorant. And it means that they do not have the intellectual ammunition to rationally consent to the ideas in the Constitution. That's why we're seeing this anti-Americanism right now. But it's what Pompeo was saying. Now, the issue here, and this is where we can carry over into what's going on in Afghanistan and what's going on with the Biden administration in general. Now, the U.S. Constitution was written, and the Federalist Papers defended as this, so I, I get it's a little frustrating right now, and you could say, what the heck, this was supposed to fix itself. But the Constitution was written so that our government would be a reflection of its people. And unfortunately... Unfortunately, right now, the American people are very weak. And yes, we do have some physically weak problems, right? I mean, there's like the rise of the beta males. We have massive obesity numbers. I, we could joke about that, but I mean more so we are mentally and spiritually weak people. And when our government is supposed to reflect our population and our population is incredibly weak and has no moral backbone and is actively crumbling and decaying from within, you're going to end up with weak leadership. And that's why we have weak leaders in office now. And by that, I mean the Biden administration, Joe Biden. So it may feel like, wow, we're being bit in the butt by the same document that is supposed to endure. Fortunately, the good news is that a ton of the parts of the Federalist Papers are about balance of power and protecting the country as a whole and the people from 
tyranny that could come from the people in that side. And so it's supposed to be a balance of power. And that includes what happens when a massive population of ignorant people start to take over. It's supposed to protect us from these mass majority movements that we're seeing. So we're going to continue to see that play out. But I just, I thought that that was fascinating because I, I went on Newsmax tonight. I'm, I'm filming this pretty late. Um, but I was on Newsmax tonight on, on Stinchfield and I just couldn't help but think of this concept that, yes, our government is a reflection of us, and right now we are so weak. So a good example is the clips that I got from Newsmax. Okay, you guys, I'm sorry, but shameless plug. Your girl is a businesswoman, and she's got to sell some flags. If you haven't bought a flag from my workshop yet... What are you doing with your life? Okay, we're going through a cultural revolution in in America, just like they did in China. And pretty soon, I mean, they've gone after our statues. They've gone after the, the founders' names on schools. They're going after the pledge. They're going after the American flag. Are you telling me, with everything going on these days, you don't want an American flag in your home? Is What kind of BS is that? So go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop. We offer free shipping with the code that's on the website, so go get a flag. This is a mini one, um, but we have two-foot, three-foot large flags. You better go get one, um, and I will write you a little note if you ask. Okay, pretty please. Thank you so much. Returning to regular programming, though. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Newsmax. So I was thinking about that concept of the weakened moral state of America. We have no moral backbone, and that's reflected in our current government. And I thought about it again today because I was on Newsmax, and what happens is like anywhere from like 40 minutes to three hours before you go on to Newsmax, they send you a list of topics that they want you to potentially discuss when you're on the show so that you can get an understanding of what you're going to be asked and talked about. Um, and what's so sad is like every week this year I get my my notice from Newsmax because I go on every Tuesday at 12.30 and 1.30 on Jock bon- John Bachman's show, Eastern. And last night, or tonight, I was on um, Stinchfield. So that was very nice of them to have me on. But every week I get the briefing of what topics they want me to talk about. And it's just it gets worse every week okay it just like it's the decline of our society and every time I read through them I'm like oh my god these things happened (laughs) then I have to watch and then I get all depressed and then I have to come up with something to say about them and it's just this terrible cycle of being like oh my gosh can it get any worse well I would say this week is officially the worst lineup of Newsmax hits that I was given to potentially talk about and I want to read them out for you so first one Obama's former education secretary says anti-mask and anti-vax people are similar to suicide bombers at the Afghanistan airport. I kid you not. So this guy says, this guy, Mr. Duncan, he says, quote, have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions are between the suicide bombers at the airport and the anti-mask and anti-vax people here? They both blow themselves up, inflict harm around them, and are convinced they are fighting for freedom. He really thought he did something there, didn't he? He was probably like, wow, this is a spicy take. Here I go. Just being the Twitter warrior that I am. Um, okay, there's that. What's the next lineup, though? 
Watch MSNBC guest likens pro-lifers to suicide bombers. Okay. What did she say? So, Saturday on MSNBC's Politics Nation, civil rights attorney Jill Colin Jefferson claimed that people who are pro-life are akin to suicide bombers. According to Jefferson, people who defend the rights of the unborn are a, quote, suicide bomber because, oh, like a, quote, suicide bomber because they feel like they have the right and the moral duty to mess up somebody else's life for the greater good. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um... Interesting. Now, first of all, one could say, oh, how dare they compare us to suicide bombers? How could they do this? Uh, you guys, hello. I mean, I'm the one, I get called a Nazi like every day. These people, the left, they hate us, okay? They hate basic conservatives. And if you haven't noticed, for years they've been calling us Nazis, white supremacists, and now after January, they call us domestic terrorists. So suicide bomber, it's just the natural progression of what they think of us. If you're shocked, I'm sorry, but you got to wake up a little. That's just my thought there. Okay, it's not shocking behavior on their part. It doesn't mean that it's not disturbing, though. Okay? Now, that's the first thought. Second thought, we look at this kind of stuff. And let me actually read the third one. Teacher removed U.S. flag from class, encouraged students to pay, pledge gay pride banner. Encouraged students to pledge gay pride banner. Sorry, it's getting a little late for me. Grandma's staying up too late. It's like 8.30. <laughs> okay, so teacher removed U.S. flag from class, encourages students to pledge to gay pride banner instead. Okay, so when you combine that with the suicide bomber thing, you combine that with um, pro-lifers are now suicide bombers too. And now you have teachers removing U.S. flags from the classroom saying you need to pledge the LGBTQIA, ABCDG. F, did I, I don't even think I said the letters right. Um, whatever. Okay, the acronym. When, when you have this kind of behavior, you look at it and you go, how could someone say that? How could someone think that way? Why would someone do something like this? And then we go look on the news or look on social media and you see what Joe Biden and his administration and Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris and all the radical leftists are doing, especially with Afghanistan. And you say, I can't believe they would do this. How could someone do this? Why on earth would someone do this? Blah, blah, blah. How dare they? Well, guys, this all gets back to what I was just saying about what's in the Federalist Papers with our government and what's in the Constitution specifically. Our government is a representation of the people in the country. So when you have people that think this way and feel that way, they are going to lead to having leaders that think the same thing as them and feel the same way as them, even if it is hateful and terrible and not just dumb, not just laughably idiotic, but actually deadly and dangerous. And that's where we get into interesting territory. I think... For me, I run a nonprofit right now, Young Americans Against Socialism. I want to rebrand and, and really expand into talking about so much more. And so that is a vision for me and a goal of mine. But specifically in the fight against socialism, we struggle. 
because there's multiple audiences and multiple groups that we need to be discussing. Oftentimes when I'm talking to crowds, I'll say there's a big difference, you guys, between a leftist and a liberal, all right? And by that, I mean a leftist that wants to seize the means of production, nationalize major industry, and looks at all of the over two dozen examples of this being attempted before in human history and says, I think we can make it work this time though. If we just do it a little bit different, it might work for the first time. <laughs> that to me is a flat earther of economics. Okay. That's what I call them. That's what I call leftist, socialist, communist, flat earthers of economics. The other audience is are these liberals. And when you break down the liberals audience, that's very important. Because instead of it just being leftist versus liberals now, it's really leftists, so the actual ideological seize the means of production style people that probably want to guillotine my head off. There's also the wokers. You know, what are we gonna call them? The wokesters, the wokers, the woke crazy people? Let's call them that. The woke crazy people. And then you have the naive, well-intentioned, but misguided and lied to young Americans. So I'd say there's three groups on the left that we need to be talking about. It's, it's really hard for me because I want so badly to reach the young, naive, well-intentioned people before they get indoctrinated further into a zone on the left that's just really non-recoverable from you can't you can't save them after a certain point once they've reached that woke style and when we have this cultural revolution that we're experiencing in the country that's where i think we're seeing this division between the woke crazy people and the naive well-intentioned young people that are still classical liberals still capitalists but align more with the Democrats and just have that heart and that big compassion and they really want to help people so they believe in more government intervention I really, really want to so badly have as many of them as possible come to our side. But unfortunately, it's so hard to get them to see our side when they are so ingrained in the system that is social media and pop culture and mainstream media and what the politics are these days and what Hollywood is pushing at them. They are going to a place that is no longer just like laughably idiotic and like naive and misguided and well-intentioned. So many young people are crossing that border and going into the crazy woke leftist zone. And to me, it's, it's no longer acceptable because what happens is what we saw in situations like Afghanistan where woke politics, as President Trump said, I think he said it, it all turns to shit. Can I swear on this? I mean, it's my podcast, so I don't have rules, but maybe does the internet set rules? I don't know. But it all goes to shit. It's no longer just young people being dumb and well-intentioned and naive. It's them embracing dangerous and deadly ideas. Choosing force. Imagine choosing force and authority over actual individual choice and freedom. Imagine that. We are in a time where people are so brainwashed, they are choosing to enter a time of force and authority instead of individual freedom and literal choice. What a a strange time. And so I I find myself trying really hard to not get too negative because I want to believe in my heart of hearts that there's still an opportunity to win those guys over. 
And I usually always say, you know, the leftists, they're crazy. Attack them. Don't let them get away with their crazy ideas that would kill people. But now you have these liberals where I used to say, we can win them over. They believe in classical liberalism. They believe in capitalism. We can win them. Don't ostracize them. Don't be harsh to them. We can probably get them on our side if we talk to them. They are embracing this cultural revolution that is wokeism in America. And those policy ideas are what we see in the policies that are actually carried out by people like Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and the Democrats and the liberals and the leftists in control. And so I, I'm not turning on these naive, well-intentioned people because I still think there's a lot of them out there, but I'm really struggling right now because they are going, they're crossing a line where it's no longer just like we can laugh at them and then say, okay, let's get real here, get over here. Instead, they're embracing really dangerous and deadly ideas and that, that does cross a line. So it's, it's pretty frustrating for me. Um, the other, other headlines on this Newsmax thing are Fauci says COVID vaccination mandates for school children will be a good idea. Uh, and Fauci calls for 80 million unvaccinated Americans to get shots after projection says 100,000 more will die by December. Um, you guys, I don't know how many numbers I can hear anymore before they all turn to mush. Like it, it's just numbers to me at this point. I don't listen to it. And a funny way to kind of close off on this I was looking back at some memories and back on May 14th, 2020, two months into COVID-19, I tweeted that I had set a new phone screen for myself and it says, it's just the text that says, and then I told them, come arrest my ass. I ain't no commie bitch. This was Morgan in 2020, two months into COVID. I'm so proud of myself. I really, mm, I was keeping it real even back then. Um, but you guys, just live your lives, okay? Just live your lives. These government people, Fauci, they're going to keep shoving numbers down our throats, okay? They're never going to stop. This is never going to end. We're going to be at like variant omega omega alpha i don't know how the alphabet works but we're gonna be like it's gonna be like the year is 2050 the omega omega variant is spreading throughout the land lockdown number 273 has commenced do not leave your homes it's gonna just be something like that and so you need to start focusing on yourself don't get your news from people like nbc or groups like MSNBC that have guests on that compare pro-lifers to suicide bombers in Afghanistan. <laughs> That's one start for you. But most importantly, understand that people like Fauci and government bureaucrats and government um, people behind the scenes and politicians, they don't have your best interest at heart. They don't care about COVID. They don't care about racism. They don't care about climate change. They don't care about police violence, any of that stuff. They're just riding whatever political wave they can to fundraise and scare you and grab more power. And it's just this endless cycle, okay, in choice versus force and authority. And I will always choose choice, unlike so many in our world today, huh? or specifically our country. But they don't have our best interest at heart. They don't have our children's best interest at heart. So really the only people that can truly advocate for our lives and ourselves and our kids and our families and our communities is us. So we need to start reimagining what community leadership looks like, what education looks like, homeschool. I can't wait to homeschool my babies one day. Um, 
in every way of life. I think we just need to start reimagining what that looks like without the Dr. Fauci's of the world. And I'm really excited because I think a lot of people are also turning that tide. So um, I welcome you to it. Welcome to the dark side. I mean the light side. Welcome to the side of light and happiness and love and, and goodness and all the great things of the world. So um, I'll leave you guys with that. I have one request, okay? If you haven't given me the review and said that this is the best podcast you've ever heard, then I feel betrayed. You Benedict Arnold's gosh, then you need to go buy a Zegger's freedom flag. Actually, I can't tell what I want more. Can you, can you buy a flag and give me a five-star review and, you know, say that this is the best podcast you ever heard? Is that asking too much? Can I get a little something, something? So do that. And then a fun thing, if you want to DM me on Instagram, your girl's going west. Andy Oakley's taking it over. And I'm going to go to all the states, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, all the great places. And I want to see all the towns that I should have on my list. And I want to go to all the attractions, all the hikes, all the water holes, all the things. And so if you have any suggestions of towns, adventures, and like locations to go visit, um, hotels and campsites or gear. Send all the suggestions to me. Okay. My base camp is probably going to be in Arizona and I'm calling it base camp. I'm calling the location base camp because it's going to be like my, my base for all my adventures. Uh, so DM me those Instagram suggestions. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys later. All right. I mean, just honestly, Keep cultivating goodness in everything that you do. That's all we can really hope for, especially during such dark times. Um, focus on yourself and your family and your community. And when you have strong individuals, you're going to have strong families. Strong families, strong communities, and strong communities will lead to a stronger country in the end. We'll come back. America's going to make a good comeback, okay? Don't worry about it. I'll see you guys next week. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.